Well, listen, we are in a sermon series, and we, st- we kicked off this past weekend, uh, and uh, we're calling it Kingdom Come. And it comes out of, honestly, uh, my Christmas Eve message, I was preaching about the fact that, like, this, we celebrate not just a baby born in a manger, but that the king has come. And uh, I started just down this road of, of, of just finding and, and studying the, uh, the kingdom of God. And it's this, this reality that I started seeing time and time and time again. And it's one of those things where you read the Bible and you see it, and then you start seeing things um, that you're studying over and over and over again. It's the thing that Jesus preached everywhere he went, the good news of the kingdom. He kept saying time and time again, Mark chapter 1, verse 15, is kind of his main sermon topic. It is this, the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So he was incessantly talking about this idea, this, this, that the kingdom of God had come near, that it wasn't just for like the pearly gates and chubby cherubs, like one day in the sweet by and by, that the, the kingdom of God had come near, repent and believe the good news of the kingdom. This is the thing that he, that he preached on. This is the thing that he taught about. This is the thing that he told stories. You, if you start reading it and actually looking for the kingdom of God, I mean, it's over a hundred times he talks about it in the gospels. Literally, in all these times, he's telling stories, and every single one of them, if you actually catch the beginning of it, he says, the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom, and then he tells another story. He tells another story. He's literally describing this kingdom. And so today, we're going to look at one of those parables uh, that Jesus taught his disciples in Matthew chapter 20. He's about to open up a window into the kingdom of God so that we can see what it looks like and how it's different from the kingdom of this world. But I want to warn you, it is one of the most frustrating kingdom principles that, uh, that we can read. And so you probably won't like it, kind of like I didn't like it. Um, but hold on to the end because it is the worst good news you've ever heard. Amen? Why don't you stand with me? We're going to read Matthew chapter 20. If you've got your Bible, your version app, whatever, you can follow along. Matthew 20, starting in verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like, catch that, the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. And he told them, you also go and work in my vineyard. I'll pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went on again about noon, and then at about three in the afternoon, and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day doing nothing? (laughs) Because no one's hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. And so when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. And when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. They said, these who were hired last worked only one hour. They said, you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Don't you love it? He says, friend. He says, didn't you agree to work for a denarius? 
take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want to with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Lord, we thank you for your word, as frustrating as it may be. I pray that you would reveal your heart to us in the midst of this crazy story. Um, I pray that we wouldn't leave this place the same and that you would reveal your kingdom here to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated. Thanks. So, it's kind of a frustrating story. Like you've got this, uh, this, this vineyard owner, this land owner, and he is um, looking for workers one day, just like most employers are today. <laughs> um, over the next several hours, he goes out five different times to hire people. So I don't know, it's kind of like, you know, I, I picture this idea of just like a, you know, a bunch of people looking for work, hanging out by the Home Depot, just kind of like waiting, hoping that maybe they'll get hired to go do, do work at a job or construction work, whatever, right? They're just like able-bodied men that are just like, want to do something, I don't have a job. And so they're hanging out, people are waiting and all that kind of stuff. And over the next several hours, it goes out. He goes out at 6 a.m., first, first group of people. And then he goes out at 9 a.m., then at 12 p.m., then 3 p.m., and then at 5 p.m. So there's five different groups of people, five different times that he goes out and hires people. But really, there's only two groups of people. There's the first group of people that are the 6 a.m.ers, right? Why are, why are they different? Because they're the only ones with a contract. Everyone agreed, right? They get together, 6 a.m., hey, guys, look, what's a fair wage? How about I pay you, um, I'll pay you a denarius, you know, like, is that, is that fair? Absolutely, great. Okay, cool, sign us up. Let's get in the van, let's go, right? And then there's the four other groups that... They don't, they don't have a contract. These four other employee groups have no contract. Essentially, all the landowner said to them was this, I'll pay you whatever's fair. Now, the pretty loose employment uh, regulations, obviously, in this day, right? Like, I would not advise, like, if my son, my daughter just applied for a job, and, like, you know, they're like, yeah, I'm like, hey, sweetie, how much are they going to pay you? And she's like, well, they just said we'll pay you what's fair. I'd be like, ah, it's not okay. Right? Like, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with you working for an organization like that. That sounds pretty shady. Sounds like it's, uh, it's even, maybe even illegal. Like, that's, that's not what you're going to be doing. I, I, would, I would already, and as we read this, already start to be a little suspect of this employer. Because he hires the last group of people, think about this, with one hour left in the workday. And you know, you know they didn't work an hour. Right, because you know how it works. Uh, let's say he goes out at 5 p.m. and he gets some guys that, hey, you do nothing with your life. Why don't you come on, come down here, work with me. I'll put you to work in the vineyard. And then you get there. You got to take the drive from the Home Depot to the vineyard. You get there. You got to fill out your W-2. And then you got you to tell you, like, okay, here's some things you need to understand. And here's some OSHA requirements and all those things. You know they probably work like 10, 15 minutes max. You just know how these things work. They, they barely worked an hour. They got picked up and maybe started ticking the time clock as soon as they left, but they put in hardly anything to this thing, maybe 10 to 15 minutes. So this thing is already starting out very, very strange. And then it gets, in verse 8, it gets like downright ridiculous. Read it, verse 8. It says, when, when evening came, 
which it was pretty much almost evening when the five o'clockers finally got there. It says, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, he said, call the workers, pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. So this owner tells the foreman, essentially, I want you to take all these guys, I want you to line them up. And then I want you to pay them, but I want you to pay the last ones first and then the first ones last. Oh, and one more thing, Mr. Foreman. Um, I want you to pay everyone the same amount of money. One denarius. To which the foreman probably thought, I'm going to get beat up today. I have the worst job. I feel bad for him. Out of any, any, anybody in this story, I'm like, that foreman's got a horrible job, right? So he goes and he, he starts handing out these things and it's almost as if the vineyard owner wants the first people that were hired to watch the last people get paid. I mean, think about how, how weird it must have been as they're sitting there and they're going down the line and he's paying them the denarius because they didn't have checks back then, envelopes, you know. He's paying them off and he's saying, okay, here you go. The, the, the last group of people, the 11th hour people, he's like, here you go. And they're like, a denarius? I, were, I didn't even get through trading. I don't even know what we're doing here. This is crazy. We got a denarius? This, this guy is awesome. Dude, we're going to be back. This is awesome. See you at 5 p.m. tomorrow. Right? I mean, this is great. I love this guy. Holy cow. And they're just like, you know, this is so cool. And then they go down to the next people, you know, and you get down to the 3 p.m. people. And we're like, dude, we got it too? I mean, I worked like a couple of hours, but like, my gosh, that's awesome. You get down to the next people and they're like, dude, that's awesome. Like, we're like a half day. We get like a full day's wage. Sweet. And the next group of people, they're like, cool, 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 cool. That's cool. Yeah, wow. I mean, but, okay. Then you get down to the last group of people, the first group of people that were hired at 6 a.m., and they're like, oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) No, you didn't. (laughs) We can relate to it. Like, it's kind of absolutely crazy. And these people that have been working all stinking day felt very ripped off and essentially thinking the same thing that every single one of us would be thinking. That's not fair. To which the vineyard owner responds in verse 12. He says, those who were hired last worked only, they they said, they said, this is what they said to the vineyard owner. They said, those who were hired last worked only one hour And you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of work in the heat of the day. Right? I love how they get a little dramatic because we get a little dramatic when things don't go our way. All of a sudden we're like, I have been born the burden of work. I'm a beast of burden in the heat of the day. I mean, they're just getting all like worked up, right? I mean, like everything's now dramatic. I mean, what, what used to just be like, all right, sweet, got my denarius, go. All of a sudden now is very dramatic. Dramatic or not, I agree with them. I do. It's insensitive. It's rude. It's downright wrong that, I mean, like, who would want to work for a guy like this? Like, he literally sets it up so that they see that, like, these people are going to denarius, and then they work, like, 10 minutes, maybe. I don't even know if they're, like, legally working here. And then, and then we, we've been working here all stinking day, and I get the same thing. Like, who would want to, if you tried to run your business like this, here in America, I mean, you'd be done. Day one, they'd be like, ah, I'm out. Who would want to work for a guy like, like this? But remember, verse 1, the kingdom of heaven is like this. 
So wait, 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 Jesus, are you telling me that like, <laughs> Jesus, are you telling me, are you telling me, are you telling me that like you're going to do this in real life? Yep. That is not fair. I know. I'm not fair. I'm good. And if we're honest, we still think that God's goodness has to be fair or it can't be good. But the problem is this, that our idea of fairness is pretty subjective, isn't it? Usually, when it comes to fairness in our own minds, it usually involves this question. What about me? <laughs> it's cool, 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 you guys are great. Yes, good job, good, generous. What, what, what about me? Think about this, like I've never heard anybody watching their football game and cheering their football team on. I've never heard anybody yell, unfair when their team wins a game due to a bad call by an umpire. Now, if you've lost a game due to a bad call by a referee, you'd be like, this is, I'm defunding the referee associate. I don't even know. These people are horrible. They should, he should lose his job. This is crazy. This is, this is corrupt. And, but if you win a game based upon a bad call by a referee, you're just like, man, and you're talking to your friend who's just like, that's unfair. And you're like, dude, chill. Sorry, he's not like perfect like you, but like, give him some grace. He can't see everything. Right? Jeez, don't be so hard on them. These guys have really hard jobs. Right? We all of a sudden come to their, their aid. Why? Because uh, the call helped us. Because what, 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 about, what about me? I've never heard my kids yell unfair when their piece of cake was bigger than everybody else's piece of cake. I've never had them like, shoop, shoop, and everybody else gets theirs, and they're like, this is unfair. Right? No, they take it and they go run and they try to eat it literally with just their hands as fast as they can before the other little minions try to get at it and say, that's not fair, and start crying and have a meltdown. You just shove it in your face as fast as possible. You know, that's how we do. That's how we roll. Kids, adults, same thing. Just eat it really, really quick. I've never heard anybody, you, it was like in, in a meeting with their boss and they, they're, they're given a raise, say, that's unfair. This is unfair. I'm very lazy, and I do not deserve anything more than you're currently paying me. I, I'm not worth it. I've, never, I've actually never heard, never, maybe if you're like, well, I've done that. Well, you're cuckoo. But like the, the reality is, is that like, I've, I've, I've never seen it, and you break the mold. Um, because when we say that's not fair, it's usually very subjective. When we say that's not fair, we also mean something else. We mean that my values need to be valued. So like what I value needs to be valued, and if you don't value what I value, then it's not fair. So if me, I'm a 6 a.m. or I'm up here early, and just like you guys, I mean, you came to church on a Sunday morning, other people just like sleeping in probably still, and you're like, you're here. Like I, I, I value hard work, and because these yahoos don't deserve that, because they haven't done what I value, then that's not fair. Because you're not valuing the thing that I, that I value. And so what happens in this? And like, I know we're talking about like picking grapes and getting paid a denarius. But the reality is, is when we start to realize that sometimes God does not value the same things that we value, we think, 
I think God needs to change his mind. I think God needs to change. I think God needs to align himself with me. And because, because I, what the thing that I value is obviously right. You, you quiet down. God, you need to listen to me. Because this is the thing that I value. If you don't value what I value, then this is, this is unfair. And this is the struggle. This is the struggle for every single one of us. This is the struggle every single one of us fall into. It's this. Before you even went to school to know what a value even was, before your brain was even activated, before you were even born, before he even knit you in your mother's womb, before he even spoke worlds into existence, catch this, God had a value system and it hasn't changed. (laughs) And when we start to like take a step back and realize that, in the face of that, we realize how preposterous it is for us to think that, well, that the eternal God pre-exists our opinions. That the eternal creator of the universe, the king of heaven, the one who formed you in your mother's womb, should morph his value system to agree with me is pretty crazy. And yet I, I still try to convince him that I'm right all day long, right? That's fairness. And when we, when we look at unfair, like, the other thing about fairness is that um, it's usually called into question when we begin comparing ourselves to other people. Like, I'm f- usually fine with the things that I have until I see what you have. Like, I, I'm usually pretty content with, with the, the things that I, I own or I consume or whatever until I see what you're eating. Like, see what you're driving. Like, see what, what you're having. Like, I, I was fine right before I saw what you're getting. Have you ever, like, watched somebody, maybe a friend with somebody, maybe, you know, like, a frenemy with somebody where you, you, they're, they're being blessed and you're just annoyed by them? You ever just been annoyed by other people's blessings? Oh, nobody in here? Wow, I'm the only person who's literally seen, like, you got a friend or an enemy or just an acquaintance and you see them getting blessed and you're just like, you don't deserve that. Because what, what the problem is this, they're not nearly as spiritual as you either. And you know it, and they should know it. They know it. And they're like, oh, yeah, God just, like, so amazing. Just, like, just landed in my lap. And you're like, you don't deserve it. Congrats, by the way, but you, you haven't done anything to deserve that. I'm <laughs> just saying. You ever been there? Like, this, this, this idea that, like, we start comparing ourselves to other people, and all of a sudden we realize that, like, man, this thing in my heart is not quite right. Because the first group of people that were hired at 6 a.m., right, they they, they make the contract, and they're like, I'm, I'm so excited that you gave me a job. This is amazing. A denarius? Yeah, that's fair, man. They're paying a denarius over to Applebee's. I, I, I'm going to denarius here. Like, this is awesome, right? This is a great deal. It's a very fair wage. The problem came when they started comparing themselves to other people around them. And it almost seems like a setup. It almost is a setup, because it all started when the landowner decided to tell his foreman pay the last people first and the first people last. Because if the owner hadn't done that, if he hadn't set up this scenario, if he didn't start like seemingly playing people against themselves, everything would have been fine. The people at 6 a.m. would have come in, they would have gotten their denarius, been like, sweet, okay. And they would have gone, spent their money, none the wiser. Everything would have been absolutely fine. But I believe that Jesus is exposing something to his disciples. He's exposing something to us even today that, that we still struggle with. All the time. 
It says in verse 13, he answered one of them, Jesus said, or this unfair manager said, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. (laughs) Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my money? Or are you, and this is the question, are you envious because I'm generous? In other words, like, didn't I agree to pay you denarius? Didn't you think that that was fair? Like, am I unfair because I'm generous? And truthfully, I would argue, if I were one of these guys, I would be like, well, it's not, it's not that you're not fair. That's not that you're not unfair. It's not that you're not generous. It's just that if you want to be really generous, then you would pay me on a sliding scale in comparison to what you paid them. I mean, if you, I know you're saying, oh, I'm so generous. But if you really wanted to be generous, then you'd be like, you're going to pay them 10 minutes and they got a denarius. I should at least get like 20 denarius. If you, I mean, if you want to be this whole generous guy, like if that's the, that's the thing you're going for here, then maybe you should play. You know what? I have a salary table and you can see on this, on this graph here that this is what I should be making because based on what you paid them, if you want to be generous, I'm just saying it should probably benefit me. <laughs> and, and then Jesus like drops the mic. He, ca- he casts this last statement in verse 16, and then it, I drops the mic. He says, so the last will be first, and the first will be last. And as I was reading this, I was like, I was noticing, like, there were five groups of people that were hired. Do you notice that, like, he only highlights the first group and the last group? He actually doesn't even talk about the three middle groups. He's just, it's almost like he wants to take us to extremes. He wants to stir the pot and be like, all right, and what about the first, first group and the last group? Which, to which we have to ask this question. Which group do you relate to? You don't have to raise your hand. I'm not going to like single you out or anything. But like when you read this, which group did you come to the defense of? Hmm. I, I would probably say, again, unless you turn down the raise, you're that person. Uh, the majority of us would identify ourselves with the 6AM group. I try to be holy, I pay my taxes, I, you know, I, I, I go to church, I try not to swear much, you know, I, I'm a useful producer of society, I'm more like the 6 a.m. group, like I'm going to be honest, like I'm trying hard, I, I don't kick the dog often, you know, like I, I do good deeds, right, I'm here, you're welcome, like I'm, I'm trying, right, I'm more like the 6 a.m. group, but which group was the group that was most frustrated? The 6 a.m. group, remember, They were the only group with a contract. Think about how frustrating it must have been for them. Just just imagine. I mean, it's a story, so we can have a little bit of, like, poetic justice here, right? So (laughs) these guys have been working since 6 a.m. They're picking grapes. They're doing all this this hard work, I would say. And uh, these jokers roll in 20 minutes before quitting time. They, like, roll out of the van. They're like, hey, God, what's up? And they're like, are you kidding me right now? Like, what's going on? And they're like, hey, man, like, I was just like, how's it going? And you're like, get to work. What do you mean, man? We're working to contract. Come on, let's get, let's get moving. What, what's, what are they doing? What is, why did he pick these guys up, right? Oh, man, you guys got a contract? What's that? 
I don't even have a contract. <laughs> oh, why, how, how did he hire you? I mean, I, I, I think he's feeling bad for us. I don't know. Like, we were hanging out there. Like, it was like 5 p.m. And he just like, I think he felt bad. He's like, we're sitting around doing nothing with our lives. He was like, hey, you want to go hang out in my vineyard? We're like, yeah. And he's like, I'll pay you what's fair. Okay, cool. Like, I'm going to get money for this? Awesome, right? Like, I'm just so glad we're here. This is awesome, right? What, what are you guys doing? What's, what's going on? Like, tell me, what, I don't even know where I am. We're picking grapes. What do you think? Okay, cool, 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 cool. Like, I just, just kind of like... What, can you, can you show me, can you show me how? No. Because right? we've got 10 minutes left, dude. What do you, know? And this same, this same thing plays itself out in so many areas of our lives. This same thing plays itself out in the area of the life of church. People get saved. They roll in. We're like, oh man, this is so cool. Like, I don't even know. Like, I don't even, I don't even know why I'm here. Like, I, I, someone like, told me about Jesus, and they're like, hey, Jesus loves you. And I was like, yeah, cool, okay. Well, you just, you know, oh, all right, you want to go? Uh, yeah, absolutely, I'll go to church with you. That's so cool. And the, I was just kind of like, this is, this is absolutely amazing. Would you calm down? What are you wearing? Is that a hat? Take your hat off. Do you got tattoos? Are you kidding me right now? Get to work. Okay, wow. <laughs> Man, <laughs> sorry I sat in your seat, you know, like, what's up, you know what I mean? And like, he's just like, man, these guys are awesome. Cool, this vineyard's cool. What are you guys doing? Like, what's going on here? What are you, uh, we're being holy, what do you think? Okay, cool, 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 cool. What do you, I mean, what do you think? Could you show me how? No, you know, I mean, we just get into this place where like, that same thing plays over and over and over again, listen, if your relationship with God is based on a contract, then you are bound to get frustrated. You're bound to get frustrated. Because God doesn't work on contracts. He makes covenants. Contracts are legal agreements. Covenants are relational commitments. Contracts say, I'll pay you this and such. Sign right here. Covenants, kind of like this, say, trust me. I'll pay you what's fair, and I'm more than fair. I'm good. And when we relate to God based on a legal agreement, this is what happens in, in the heart of a man, is that we start to begin to operate in a spirit of entitlement. Like, like he kind of owes us something. For instance, we're, we're two weeks into January, so some of you guys are like on a diet. You're doing the Bible reading plan. You're two weeks into it. You haven't kicked the dog in six days, and you're like, I am killing this Christianity thing. Man, I mean, it is like the 9th of January. Like, I haven't eaten a carb in nine days, right? Like, this is awesome. I'm on the nine days into Genesis and my Bible reading plan. I'm killing this Christianity thing. You're welcome, Right? And we get to this thing, this entitlement that starts to breed on the inside of us. And it says this, God, I'm holding up my end of the bargain. Hope you are too. Just kind of waiting for those blessings to come land in my lap, just like you did for her. She doesn't deserve it, so I actually do deserve it. I'm hoping that you're going to do something for me because I like blessings. And it is toxic. Why is it toxic? Because it robs you of your love for God and your compassion for others. You guys have heard a guy named Paul, right? 
formerly known as Saul. Kind of familiar. Let me read you a couple of things that he wrote. Because I think he understood something that I don't think I, don't think I do. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9. He says, this is Paul writing. For I am the least of the apostles and do not deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. Same guy wrote this. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. <laughs> to which anyone with a brain, to which anybody who can like compare and contrast and, and take a look at the life of Paul would be like, hold, 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 hold on a minute, Paul. Like, you are uh, planting churches, you're preaching, you are being persecuted, imprisoned, stoned, left for dead, all of these things. You're writing the majority of our New Testament. Like, all I've done is try to keep on my Bible reading plan every day and not skip church. Um, and I thought I was killing it, right? But like, how can you say that you were the worst, the least, the last? What does that make me? I mean, you are the great apostle. Paul, like you can't say these things about yourself because what does that say about me? To which I think Paul would say, Naya, you don't understand. <laughs> I would be nowhere without Jesus. Like I was, I, was, I was on my way, sitting around, doing nothing with my life. And he invited me in. So let me ask you this. The Apostle Paul, who do you think that he would relate to the most? The first group hired or the 11th hour people? I think Paul would say, man, I got in at the last hour. It's ridiculous that I'm even here. I was like actively persecuting the church. I killed and imprisoned Christians. I have no business having this. I have no business being in this kingdom. I have no business hanging out, getting paid, doing this vineyard work. I, I don't even know why I'm, I'm here. I don't deserve any of this. And I think what Paul understood and what Jesus is trying to communicate in this story is this. If we're honest, we are all 11th hour people. We like to think that we're 6 a.m.ers, but we're really 11th hour people. And I find myself, we start reading this story, we're reading this parable. At first blush, I'm like, oh, this parable is all about an unfair, toxic vineyard owner. He's horrible, right? But as we start to really unravel what it is that Jesus is saying about the kingdom of God, we start to realize, man, like, the people that are working in the vineyard think that they're owed something, and that is the thing that is toxic, when you begin to see the character of this vineyard owner, you start to see the kingdom of God. You start to understand our king. And I have this thought. I want to work for that guy. Are you kidding me? This is the best job ever. As soon as I start, realize that I'm not a 6 a.m. or I'm actually an 11th hour guy, like this is the best job. Are you kidding me? I actually get paid to do this thing because he's not unfair. He's more than fair. He's good. 
He's good. And so, if, if you're working under a contract with God, I would advise you to tear that thing up. <laughs> as fast as you can. Because that thing that you think is going to entitle you to something could actually be holding you back from experiencing something from him. Because we're like, oh, man, you know what? I got I to have this contract because you know what? I got to hold God to all of these expectations because I got my expectations. He's going to have to fulfill his end of the bargain. And so I'm going to hold him to his expectations. The problem is that when we hold God to our expectations, then he can't exceed them. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm working for that denarius. We agreed on that, right? I was going to do this thing. I won't kick the dog, and I'll try to be nice, and I'll do all these things, and I'll read my Bible and all those things, but I'm going to get that denarius at the end, right? Yeah, of course, he agrees on that, and he is more than fair. He does what he says he'll do. But when we hold him to our own expectations, then he never has a chance to exceed them because he's, he's not fair. And I thank God that he's not fair because it wasn't fair that God sent his one and only son to save a screwed up humanity. It wasn't fair that he was beaten for your sin and for mine. It wasn't fair that he had to die a sinner's death for you. Like, literally, God owes us nothing, and yet through Christ he gave us everything. That's the best deal around. Like, I was just hanging out. Home Depot just kind of doing nothing with my life, and he called me and invited me in to, what? Are you kidding me? I don't even deserve to be here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says this, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The gospel is not fair. The kingdom of God is not fair. It's good. It's so good. And you all are 11th hour people. What would it look like if for the rest of your life you lived like an 11th hour person? What would it look like? I know you've been around. Maybe you've been saved for 30, 40, 50 years. I don't even know. Maybe, maybe you've been, you've done the church work, you've worked in a church, you know all these different things, whatever. Like, what would it look like if we just walked in every day of our life and wake up and be like, I can't even believe I'm here. I, can't even, I don't even deserve, like, you realize where I would be without Jesus? Oh my gosh, I was, uh -huh. I'm, I'm still, I'm, one, I'm, I'm still, he's still working off those rough edges. My gosh, like, I, I am absolutely blown away that he would even consider me just sit around doing nothing with my life. And he's just like, hey, you want to come be a part of the vineyard? What do I got to do? You just come with me. Oh, that's it? What a contract? No, no contract. I'll pay you, I'll pay you what's fair. Don't worry. I'm, I'm better than fair. I'm good. Hmm. Don't forget to remember, just like the Apostle Paul, that if he hadn't been invited into that vineyard at the 11th hour, he was the least, the worst, and the last. Why don't you stand with me? I was processing that, this message this week and like, I thank God that he invited me in. The, the least, the last. And he took me in at the 11th hour, no contract. Like literally, all I did was repeat a prayer after my youth pastor as she fed me line by line. 
You're like, oh, well, I, you know, I just kind of came to the saving knowledge of Jesus. What, what did that look like for you? Oh, I prayed a prayer that somebody kind of fed me, like a, at an altar of prayer. Oh, okay. That's what you put in? <laughs> the re- <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was just kind of sitting around doing nothing with my life, and this guy rolled up in a van. He's like, hey, you want a job? You want a purpose? You want a plan for your life? Yeah, okay, okay, okay. What do you got to do? Just get in the van. Uh, just get in the van? Yeah, just get in the van. We gotta do anything? We gotta sign something? Where's my W 2? No, just get in the van. I'm gonna take you someplace you'd never be able to go on your own, give you purpose and a plan you'd never find on your own. Is that easy? Yeah. I mean, like, if I look at it, it's like, my goodness, I didn't even know what I was signing up for. I was just like an eighth grade kid, just doing nothing with my life, and he's like, hey, you wanna go? preposterous. And I don't even think he wanted to hire me. I don't think he was on his mind. I think he just wanted to be with me. Like, because that's his character. He's good. And I don't deserve to be a part of it. He brought me into a family that I don't deserve to be a part of. And What would it look like if I tried to start making a contract after the, after the point? Hey, this is amazing. Can't even believe I get to be here. Wow, wow, you're paying me for this? I can't even believe Can we make a contract? Could, I'm just kind of concerned about this scenario. What are you concerned about in this scenario? <laughs> you are doing nothing with your life. You get now have everything. You, I just kind of, I'd be more comfortable with a contract. <laughs> what? Dude, you're crazy. Well, I like a denarius at least once a day. I'm giving you a denarius every day. You're barely working. Doing nothing, dude. Oh, well, uh, okay. May we live like 11th hour people, full of gratitude. Because he's not fair. <laughs> he is not fair. He's, ba- he's fair on a whole other level. <laughs> he's good. And Jesus invites every single one of us into that same vineyard. And you may be here and you're like, well, you just don't understand, Pastor Justin, like, I came in, but like, I'm barely here. I was thinking the place was going to like collapse and it hasn't. So that's a miracle in and of itself. Hallelujah. But like, I, I, I'm the worst. I'm the last. I'm the least. To which I would say, you're right. So am I. Because it's not based upon who I am or what I've done or what I can offer. He just says, I want you, I want you to come be in part of my vineyard. Get in the van. <laughs> I'll take you on a journey you'll never forget. Jesus preached. His message was, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near to you. Repent and believe the good news. That's why it's called the good news. Do you know that? You ever felt like, oh, have you heard the gospel? Have you heard the good news? And you're like, I guess. It sounds kind of like old news. I've heard it before. Yeah, what's good about it? This is why it's so good. Because <laughs> it's preposterous. And you never deserve it. It's so good. It's too good to be true good news. Is the way we should be saying it. So maybe you're here today. If you're in a place where you're like, just between you and Jesus, literally, like, you can, it's, this is just you and him. This is him rolling up saying, hey, you want to you get on the van? 
but I, I haven't earned it. I don't even know where you're taking me. I don't know what this looks like. Well, okay. Maybe just like, just like I was in eighth grade where I was like, I'm just sitting around doing nothing with my life. That sounds cool. What do I got to do? All right, let's go. Maybe today is the first day where you make that commitment to say, I trust you. That you'll pay me what's right. I'm trusting that you're more than fair. That you're good. And maybe for some of you in here, it's even as we come into worship, that you just take an opportunity. And I would advise you to take the opportunity. If you are operating under a contract with God to rip that thing up. So this is your first time receiving Jesus. Maybe you just pray with me kind of like I did. It's Lord Jesus, I, I realize that I desperately need a Savior. I'm a sinner. I sinned, and my sins are many. And I know that I'm not worthy of your love. But I repent of my sin today. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior, my King, you would come and I trust you to take me on a journey that I never would have gone on my own. So Lord, I pray for those right now that decide to get on the bus. Pray that you would strengthen them, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, that they would know that they know that they know the simple decision they made today has changed the rest of their life and altered the course of their life. So, Lord, we lift you up. And I want to encourage you as we, as, we, as we sing. We're going to be singing, God, you're so good. And as we sing this, I, I just want to, I, I want you to get out of your seat. Just come right down up here and, and just tear that thing up. The thing that you're holding God up to. The thing that you're just waiting. You know what, God, I, I'm, I'm doing this, but I'm actually just doing this because I'm working a contract. Lord, I trust you and I give this contract over to you and I rip it up. And I just decide to trust your goodness in the midst of it. So, Lord, we we lift you up in this place. We lift you up all around here. I pray that strongholds would be broken, expectations would be exceeded, and that the kingdom of God would come near in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing together.
May you get back to how you were when you first met him. When you knew you were an 11th hour person. <laughs> and may you stop thinking that your good works are earning you something that you got for free. And may he bless you 
not as a hired hand, but as an adopted child. Lord, have your way in us. May we live a life of gratitude, thanking you for being unfair (laughs) to us. You're good all the time. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have a prayer need in any area of your life, we've got some prayer team over here that would love to pray with you. I'll be back there with Trevor in our Connect Corner. Love to meet you personally. If you're a first-time visitor, God bless you. Have a great week.